0: Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt. Excited again to have you here and really grateful for you all. You know, we are creeping up on our 100th episode and we are continually increasing our subscribers every single month. And that's all because of you. So thank you very much for spreading the word, sharing it with your colleagues and your friends about how this is the place to get the best practices you can for your practices. And today is no exception because we have somebody that I think we're going to have an amazing conversation. If you have listened to this show for any length of period of time, you know, I'm all about personal development. I'm all about life coaching. I'm all about understanding how you need to really acknowledge where you are before you can actually move forward in your life. And some people have a real hard time just acknowledging where they are, what challenges they have. Well, today we're going to talk about that with Dr. Laura Mock, who is a life coach. She is a dentist, a certified dentist, right? She is one of your colleagues. So we're going to talk about why she chose to add life coaching to dentistry. And I probably should have said she's a dentist first and life coach second. I don't know. We'll talk about that when we get on the show. But for now, everybody, thank you again for being here on the show. And let's get right into it. Let's introduce Dr. Laura Mock. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I know having a podcast is a lot of work since I have my own. And thank you for inviting me on here. Such a nice surprise to hear from you.
0: No, that's great. I'm excited. And speaking of your podcast, I want to mention that right here right now too. For everybody, it's as we talked about a little bit in the pre-show, it's pretty right on the nose. You can find it pretty easily. Just find Feeling Better, a podcast for dentists. And I want to find out a little bit more about that too, and what the point is of that show, what you're hoping to get out of it and what people can expect. But before we do, one of the things we do on this show every single time is uh, right at the beginning, we we feel stories connect all of us. It's the one thing we all have in common. Everybody's got a story and I wanna know yours. So tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into dentistry, tell us your life basically in about five minutes.
1: (laughs) Okay, all right, start the timer. You can make sure I don't go over.
0: No, you're fine. You got all the time in the world.
1: (laughs) I was definitely not raised to be a dentist. I was raised to be a mother. That was what my parents told me was my role. And also we were very low income. So my dad had an undiagnosed illness that prevented him from being able to hold a job. And so I just You know, the first thing that I like to tell people is that if you think you can't do it, just look at what I did because nobody said, hey, go to dental school, Laura, or you can do anything you want. It was more like, ooh, life's tough and (laughs) get ready to make those babies and don't go to dental school or anything else. But um, I decided, actually, I was introduced to dentistry because I needed a job. And I worked for this dentist. And the first thing that I saw him do was it's called a class two prep. It's like when you have a cavity in between your two teeth. Mm -hmm. And um, I was so amazed, like it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And I was like, I'm going to go to dental school. But then I got married and I had children and I needed a job again. So I worked again for a dentist. And as I was there assisting him, I had this boom like this epiphany and it just light bulb moment me like a ton of bricks and it was i know i can do what he is doing wow yeah and then i just i was already going to community college then cuz i'd never finished anything and i changed everything to math and science and from that point on you could not stop me i was going to go to dental school
0: how how do you okay so That's so interesting about the math and science thing, because have you always been into math and science? Like, has that been a thing or did, was it a struggle for you to go like, okay, I'm going to do this, but my passion is more important than me not understanding science and math.
1: I really was always a pretty good student.
0: Okay. That's good.
1: I avoided math because I'm not a very detailed person. Like Mm. I'm the person who would get the concept, but then I'd have a negative or a decimal point in the wrong place. And then I would get the question wrong.
0: That's totally to me. It's so frustrating.
1: Right. But if you're determined, you can get that decimal where you need it to be. That's you just, right. You dream that's strong enough to determine that.
0: Well, I love that. I love that you uh, had that epiphany, the aha moment. And I think for a lot of people, I think most people have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think too many people ignore it or push it aside or let other voices jump in there. And speaking of voices, right, you were told growing up it's it's really interesting how similar with that it is you know I was I grew up very poor Um, my mom's single mom and stuff like that in in California and um we had uh, my brother just wrote a book he's a he's a psychologist and he just wrote a book and he tells a story in this book about how my two older brothers were tested by and this is like elementary school by some counselor and basically they called my mom in and said hey listen um you know, just want you to know you have great kids. Your three boys are amazing. I was like in kindergarten and first grade at the time. Uh, but don't expect them to be anything more than like mechanics. That's pretty much going to be their their intelligence level. And my mom, to her credit, n- did not tell us until later on in life, way later on in life that this happened. And she was like, because her feeling was, how dare you say what my kids can or cannot do? And I just really related to when you said that, you know, no one really told me that I could do it, that I actually could achieve more. That was not a dream in my head. There was this feeling of that growing up for me as well. And I love that there's that inner voice that pushes you to, you know, maybe there's something different, maybe something more. When you heard that voice in your head, I know you turned and you were like, okay, I can do this. But were there other forces that tried to stop you from doing that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, what we're talking about is the beliefs that we receive, especially as children, from Mm -hmm. the people around us. And we're children, so we're supposed to be soaking in all of that information. Sometimes we get false ideas or false Mm -hmm. information, and Mm -hmm. then we don't even know we have those beliefs until we take a moment to really look at what we do believe. I always encourage people to do a beliefs exercise where you actually look at what you've been assuming is accurate because a lot of it's not.
0: Yes, that's absolutely true.
1: And I continue to get cultural pressure from my family, especially not to go to dental school, especially my grandma, who was deep into her beliefs about what women should do. When Mm. I got accepted into dental school, it was such an accomplishment for me. I had two very small children and I would put them to bed and I would make sure I had spent all my time with my babies. And then it was math and science, math and science all day, every day and into the night. And so when I got in, it was like this big deal, but my family did not say good job. We are so proud of you. Oh, wow. My grandma wrote me a letter with all these quotes from leaders in her church that said, I should give up on going to dental school. I would be blessed not to go.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So yeah, there are, there are still voices. And even while I was going through dental school, I got some of that. But at, at that point, I had already in my mind, I had decided that I could do it and still be a good mother and a good person. And so that's what I stuck with.
0: It's funny, because so many people talk about, you know, being true to yourself and being focused on you. And I think it's, it's, it is a sad thing. I don't care what the, the background is, it could be just, you know, your traditionalist. And you know, like you said, your grandma, have her religion or not, like, she had this mindset of, because I couldn't do it. And this is where it usually comes from, in my opinion, is that because I chose not to do it, then you have to choose too, Mm -hmm. or it makes my choice invalid. Because I would, I'm going to venture to guess that at one point, grandma had a moment where she was like, I could do more, but nope. And then so sometimes people do that, that mirroring effect, right? Where it's like, because I can't do it, or I chose not to do it, then you should be pulled back too. And that belief system you talked about, is really powerful. We, I, I do a training around money and around value, especially when it comes to orthodontics and dentistry, mm-hmm. right? That when you have a TC or a hygienist who is has really bad belief systems around money or doesn't see the value in what you're doing, she's gonna project that onto the, uh, the patient in front of them. And I have this quote that I say, you know, beliefs are not right or wrong. They're just strongly held opinions. That's it. And so yours can be right. And right now, I mean, heck we're in a world right now. We're very close to an election. There's a lot of opinions going around masked as beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what I want to do is I want to ask you then, okay, so you got into the dentistry. Let's go more about your journey of you got into dentistry. Did you start your own practice? Did you go and be an associate? How did you, how did you start?
1: I bought a practice nine months out of school. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. I felt like I was behind the curve and that was probably, you know, another belief. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that I had. I'm like, here I am. I'm 32. I have three children. I don't have any savings for college. How about a practice? Let's buy one of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow!
1: So I did wow. it. I bought my practice and the seller stayed with me, which was really handy. He worked for me for five years.
0: Oh, nice. So you got to kind of glean that information off of him.
1: Correct. And since I had been a dental assistant prior, I had familiarity with how a dental office runs, but I made several leadership mistakes during those first five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk more about that as we I was going to say, on. not
0: surprising. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like one of those things where you really have no idea what you're going to getting mm-hmm. yourself into or how to do it until you're in it. So don't wait until, you know, because you're not going to ever know. You just need to get in there and learn as you go. So,
0: so I have a question coming in my head right now that I'm thinking, um, if somebody is is asking this, cause we do have, I have a couple of uh, female clients right now. I've definitely dealt with a lot of females in the dentistry and ortho world. Um, your husband at this time, are you still married?
1: Um, well I'm married again. So prior to, I got divorced a year after I finished dental school. So,
0: so you got divorced a year after you still have the two little kids. And so are you doing this as a single mom? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's an important detail here because there's a lot of men and women, but women out there who I'm sure are going like, okay, how'd you do this with two little kid t- kids at 32 years old mm-hmm. and just decided to buy a practice right after being divorced? How, how what was your support system? What did you do? How did you put this all together?
1: Oh, my sisters always say that I am the person in the family who throws money at problems. But oh. I have to say that this really made a difference for me. I was like, I have a valuable asset, I need to earn money, and so I need help at home. Mm -hmm. So I always had somebody who would come into the house and help the kids get ready for school and help the kids with homework afterwards, um, maybe go grocery shopping for me, that type of thing. And the other thing is, this is a secret to divorced parenting, which people don't really think about. Aside from the year that my ex-husband was deployed, so I had the kids all the time, I had every other week free. Right. It's one of those things about being divorced is that you have free time that's built into your time. So I actually, during that time, I got fit for the first time. I did a triathlon. I did wow. a contest I was like building muscles, you know, and then showing them off on stage and heels and all this stuff because I was managing my time. I had help and I had free time. So
0: it almost sounds like you had a heightened sense of awareness of that time that you did have to take care of yourself. And, you know, you have the time to take care of your kids and then specifically take care of you, which is interesting because, you know, I, I would, I would say that it's probably best for all of us that we don't wait until some tragedy or, or some dramatic thing in our life happens, you know, like a divorce right, or, or the death of a friend or a death of a, uh, anybody that you make that choice. But the fact that you were able to see, hmm, what are the positives out of this situation that I can do for myself? I'm growing a practice. I love that you said that a moment ago. You said, I had a valuable asset. And I would almost even say that I am a valuable asset, right? Like you have this now knowledge that you didn't have X amount of years before. And that's an asset. I tell doctors all the time, you are the most important asset in your business. Start treating yourself like that.
1: Yes. And let me just add to what you said. This is yeah. really important for anybody listening. Taking care of yourself is the most profitable thing you can do. So 100%. Even if it's just about money, even if it's not about you being selfish, don't, don't even think about that. Just if you want to make more money, you have to take care of you.
0: That's right. I totally agree. And it's so fascinating how, by the way, I think it's even more powerful hearing it from you because as a mom, and I will say quite, quite frankly, how sexist it might sound as a woman, I feel so many women are natural givers. They want to heal. They want, and especially in this industry, I tell people all the time, look, you guys got into a healthcare healing industry. I want to provide cures for people. And so you give, 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 and when it comes to receiving, it's a little more challenging. Even receiving simple compliments, like from a compliment, all the way down to, "No, I'm taking time for myself." Usually, people do that as an extreme or as if you know they are. Uh, it's it's a reward for all the hard work, as opposed to built into their life, so that they can continually fill themselves up. So I I can go off on that for hours. I'm a big fan of people saying, take, we talked about beforehand, right? uh, Before this, this uh, podcast started my anniversary yesterday, my wife and I were like, we're taking the day off. There was no internet. There was no uh, looking at my emails. There was just us and just focused on each other because our self-care for our marriage, we think is super important, but also for ourselves. So I think that's fascinating. So You go into practice. How long are you in practice and how long have you been in since you're still a practicing dentist, right?
1: Yes. I still practice three full days a week and it's been 13 years now since I bought the practice.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. It's same practice. Yep. Mm -hmm. Still in the same practice. Wow. That's amazing. So um, you then kind of made a bit of a transition. And one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on the show was because you've done something that I think more people in this industry need to look at. We've talked about plenty of times in the show, the highest stress rates, number one uh, cause of death for dentists, the stress-related cardiovascular disease. Uh, suicide is huge amongst orthodontists and de- dentists, one more dentist than uh, a Divorce, um, uh, addiction, like you name it. And so you then saw something somehow that helped you get into the coaching space, life coaching. I want to hear that story for sure. So how did that come about?
1: Well, it started with me hating going to work.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, that's a good place to start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) 2017, I had a great year, made a lot of money. And I think that maybe I just lost my vision for the practice. Mm. I was just becoming like a crown and, and procedure machine instead of really thinking about why I was there and who I was as a leader in a person. And mm. so 2018 became what I call my scarcity slump.
0: <laughs> mm. Uh-oh.
1: So I wasn't really, I was leading very passively that year. I was grumpy a lot. And by the time the 2018 year got to the end, the accountant was like, Hey, did you know you had a loss this year? So like, it was reflected both in my feelings. Wow.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Weren't intentional. And so it all, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was just letting sort of my human mind just take me for a ride, you know, doing it more intentionally. So I got a coach and I started listening to a lot of coaching podcasts Kind of started with the podcast. I started listening to Brooke Castillo. Do you know who she is? I don't. Her podcast is called the life coach school podcast. And it made me feel so empowered and so uh, alive. So I signed up for one of her little programs and it changed my life. I mean, I realized that what was happening in my brain was pulling me down and it was pulling my practice down.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. I say all the time to doctors that if you want to increase your business, increase your self-worth first, and then the business money will go up. You create, increase your ability as a leader, as a communicator. And I find it fascinating how people don't, like, you as doctors, like, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an orthodontist. I am someone who came in from the outside. I still look from the outside, which is why I enjoy what I do. But, like, you get that if you put X with Z, you're going to get the thing you want, right? Like, you understand the 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 equations that are needed to get the result you want. And yet you don't understand that, Hey, why am I so miserable in my life or my marriage or my just feeling personal myself? And then why is my business going down? Like, why is the, both of those are related always.
1: Right. It's not a coincidence. You guys, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: this isn't like a Sherlock Holmes moment. We don't need Scooby-Doo to come in and figure out the mystery, right? It's like, yeah. It's right there in front of us. So you decided to get involved with that. And then you obviously saw a big difference for yourself. So the 2018 was your scarcity slump, 2019. Amazing. Amazing.
1: So good. Happier team, more money, happier doctor, all the things.
0: Love it. Love it. And then 2020 hits.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> 20. I mean, 2020 has been a singular year. I'll say uh-huh. that. And not only did we have the pandemic, but in our neighborhood, we had something called a land hurricane. Which What's a land I, hurricane? Yes, exactly. Thank you. It was 45 minutes of hurricane force winds that went through our town with no warning. We had two, well, we had an hour warning that, it, that the storm was coming and it destroyed our town.
0: Whoa. Like, it
1: was like a nuclear bomb had gone off. So we've wow. had that. We've had all these things that, that have happened to us in this area. Mm-hmm. But like, if, it, if this was just a private conversation between you and me, mm-hmm. we were sharing a glass of wine or something, I'd be like, you know what, Dino? I've had an amazing year.
0: Me too. No, no, no. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Okay, so I said this the other day. I think I said it on the air. I know people are, I, look, people are dying. I get it, there's a pandemic. Totally like all sensitivity to that and
1: that's why I said privacy. Cause I don't want to be right. sensitive.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I had a moment where I woke up on a Sunday morning and you know, everybody was freaking out. I had already started to shift my business quite a bit. Uh, I had canceled all of my uh, doctors uh, retainers. Cause I wanted to take, sh- make sure they could still be in business. Right. That was before they are talking about PPP or EIDLs sure. or anything like that. Yeah. And I, uh, I had canceled them and I just started delivering a ton of content. And I woke up one Sunday morning and just thought, you know, I have a really good friend. He passed away two years ago. Um, his name's Sean Stevens and he, um, you know, he's born basically a torso and tiny hands, tiny feet, but one of the wisest men, men I've ever met. And, um, he, he passed away due to his illness and some of the injuries. And he would always say when he died, actually, when he was dying, he said, This is not happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm -hmm. And I had that thought in my head and I just sat down at my computer and like flow out of me came this, the world stopped for you. And I wrote this whole poem around, what if you looked at this as the world actually is doing this so you can have better relationships, so you can be more focused on what you really want in life and your business and stuff. Mm -hmm. And my business has actually done better over the last eight months, then it has worse. And I've worked more than I ever have, because I've been more focused. And I know what I want to deliver. And it's been a little different. But still, I agree. It's like, it's, it's been a good, good last couple of months. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, I'm going to say this, I think it's important for those of us who can see that to claim that as well. To be like, okay, with the sensitivity of we get it, there are people who are sick, and, you know, I have family members who had COVID I have one of my really good friends just passed away two weeks ago of three different forms of cancer. Like, I get it. Like, it's, it's not great. And there's a blessing in there that we need to look for and find. And so I'm glad that you said that. I really appreciate that. How has your life coaching through this and the things you, by the way, when you become, when you get into life coaching and you learn the different tools, your life, like your brain expands because the possibilities are more, right? Like when you went to dental school, all of a sudden the possibility of what you could do with your life, as opposed to what everybody was telling you mm-hmm. up to that point had to be, it expanded. And like you said, you became a very valuable aspect, asset. Now, even more so with this other way of thinking, how have you seen that really affect you and the people around you?
1: Um. I don't necessarily assume that the limitations uh, that I have previously believed to be there are actually there. So, for Hmm. example, I might have looked at a roadblock before, like, oh, we had a land hurricane, therefore people are not going to want to have their teeth fixed. Right. If I had assumed that, then I would not have had the conversations that I've had with my patients in the last three months and several lives would not have been changed. Right. Because my dentistry is life-changing and I say that as if it's just me, but it's actually every dentist Mm -hmm. is life-changing. Okay. So it's something that I believe now. And I chose not to believe that due to the hurricane, people wouldn't want dentistry and so we're doing implant supported dentures and we're doing tooth straightening procedures and we're doing veneers and, and implants and all these things that if I had assumed they didn't want it, I wouldn't have offered it. What
0: a great lesson for, uh, absolutely uh, for this time and what happened with the pandemic. And I think we've seen that a lot that people are surprised that, Oh, people still want to have some sort of when everything else is not, it can be a little more normal. But also just in life, like how we go back to the limiting beliefs, right? Those beliefs that we are told if we just chose, well, what if it's not, what if it's not true? What's the, the crux of some of the life coaching that you do give? And how do you introduce this to some of your, are all of your clients in the dental world, by the
1: way? Yes. I only coach female dentists who own dental practices.
0: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That is so cool. That is great. Have you, um, and do you speak on this at all?
1: Um, I'm just on? getting started on that. I have two things that I speak on and one of them's life coaching and the other one is transgender patients, but yes, I am working on my speaker packet right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, just why not? We'll have an on-air production meeting. um, um Vanessa Emerson, from the Dental Speakers Institute. Have you been a part of that yet?
1: Yes, I went to her meeting last year.
0: Okay, great, awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. She's doing some great stuff in the industry and you should get into the next uh, Dental Speakers Got Talent that Elijah's doing. Oh, maybe I
1: will, I just-
0: It's it's great for beginner speakers, I'm telling you. I did it last year. I didn't know that it was more for, like more of a a beginner speaker, if you will, Um, but- it's great. It's great exposure. I'm highly recommending it. So, okay, back to the show.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So you had asked me what is kind of like the crux of what I teach my clients. Yes. And we always start with separating out what are the neutral facts of a situation from our interpretation or our thoughts. About oh, isn't that interesting? It's super it diffuses the power of the thought once we can label it as something that we have interpreted
0: Yes. instead
1: of it being the facts. And so that's a lot of what we do. We do that type of training. And then with all of my female clients, we always talk about leadership as well, because you have to have a team that believes in what we're doing and they need to feel helpful and appreciated. That is why they got into the industry if they feel those things, then they will bring their A game for you.
0: That's 100%. You do all
1: that. the touch points with your patients. They're the ones who are doing all of it, right? You yep. can only be in one place at a time. But if you've got empowered employees who feel helpful and appreciated, then you've got something that can't be stopped. It's powerful.
0: I love it. That's so true. And I love that you start with separating what I believe or what the interpretation of that thing is versus what it actually is. And uh, I, we do it all the time, right? We're all, we, we make meaning out of everything. It's like, they said no to me. Oh, it makes my, my treatment worse. They said yes to me. That makes my treatment better. I think it's very, very fascinating. What is especially let's, uh, well, it's easy to do this, but let's focus in on, on your ideal client uh, persona. What's the, what are some of the bigger interpretations that you've seen are more common, I should say, more interpretations that you've seen come through, especially because you're a female and, and really it's getting better, but a male dominated um, uh, industry.
1: Okay, yeah, so the male domination is a challenge. And also all of us women have been taught since we were babies that our job is to like look nice and make people feel good and, and keep everybody happy, right? So what happens is that we, we assume those are true and we buy a practice and then we try to lead in that way where we're just trying to make everybody happy. But then eventually we're pissed <laughs> because it's not working out the way we want it to and that's when we lose our shit. Yep. So if I say that word, i sorry. you can don't know
0: if we've had any bleeping on this show yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've had that yet. <laughs> Why
1: not? Sorry. Bleep. It just came out, but that's what happened. But
0: it's it's what happens, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, have you ever worked for a female dentist? They're crazy. Yeah. They lose their temper.
0: Okay. So I got to say this because it's really interesting. I have this conversation with uh, my female clients Mm -hmm. and it's so noticeable from the outside of how even the team will treat the doctor where a male doctor can get away with a lot of stuff of their own maybe they can be a little boorish or maybe they can be a little cranky mm-hmm. and the team almost in unison's like hey you know doctor is upset today or doctor's not in a good mood today just like be careful whatever and it's like it's 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 excused, it's forgiven very quickly, very soon. Now, of course, if it goes on for a long time, they get frustrated and they'll leave or whatever. But for the most part, it's there. When my female doctors do that, it, there's very little forgiveness. There's very little leeway. It's like, oh my gosh, she's being such a beast, She's being whatever, right? And it's like, wow, that's very fascinating. And I, I have two female uh, clients at this uh, three actually at this one, Two of them are. One of them's military, ex-military. So she thinks very, um, just get it done. Like, why are we, so so she doesn't have the greatest communication skills. And so she knows that, but she's also like, if I was, I've said this to her, if you were a man, they'd be like, okay, that's just how they are. And they accept it instead of wanting to change. How do you deal with that as a, someone who sees this, obviously, someone who's been through it yourself, I'm sure. What are some of the suggestions you've given to help them have that conversation with the team about that type of treatment.
1: Okay. So this is going to get a little bit meta here. Sweet. I, even though I agree with you and I, so the interpretation here is that it's harder to be a practice owner when you're a woman, right? Cause being right. A is hard. Okay. Right. But even that
0: is an that interpretation. Really a fact. That's true.
1: It's a thought. And it's a limiting belief that makes us feel powerless. Yep. So if somebody says to me, well, this is harder because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Then the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to point out that they, that might actually be a disadvantage, but what if it's an advantage? Mm-hmm. And let's just look at how you feel when you think to yourself, this is harder because I'm a woman. The reason that matters is because your actions come from your feelings. So if you feel disempowered, you're going to act like that quintessential feminist right. who's losing her bleep. That's okay. right. But if you reframe it and say, I'm a woman, I understand my employees because they're women. I am better with my patients because I have my little hands and I am emotionally um, intelligent so I can take care of this. Then all of a sudden, instead of feeling disempowered, I might feel excited or um, eager to help everybody. Helpful, appreciate it. all those things. That's going to change how I lead because my leadership comes from how I feel.
0: That's right. Love it.
1: That's what I do. I help the women find out what their beliefs and their thoughts are that are not helping them. And then we look at it a new way, however they want to.
0: I love it. Thank you for using that example and sharing how you would transform that in the mind of the doctor that's listening. I know many of my clients listen to this show, so I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Give us an example of somebody that you've worked with. You have obviously, you know, uh, anonymously, but, um, that you've seen the greatest transformation or it doesn't have to be the greatest, but just a really impactful transformation in themselves and in their practice.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I'll just give you an example of one that recent it's not okay. the most dramatic, mm-hmm. but it's very demonstrative of how, The thoughts can change things. So she's telling me how her week went. And she's saying, you know, once my week starts, it's just all time. It's all consuming. I can't take care of anything after that. And I stopped her right there because dentistry is by appointment only. And she is the master of this ship. So is it all consuming? And we went through and we looked at what the facts are. The facts being the hours that she spends doing this, this, and this. And then we looked at that thought, it's all consuming, and how she felt when she thought that, which is powerless, Mm -hmm. and how she acted when she felt powerless. And then we decided to reframe it. And what she came up with was that she was going to feel clear by thinking, I know exactly what I need to do. And she made a plan to set aside more time for leadership and more time to be in flow with the patients, but more time to set aside time for practice development so that she's not trying to do it during her lunch hour and when somebody cancels and things like that. When she implements that, then she is in control of how she is leading her practice.
0: Wow. So you see where even just shifting that mindset and the wording of it's all-consuming because it was like, it was all consuming because she was allowing it to be all consuming as opposed to organs.
1: all consuming. from That's her right.
0: That's right. And it's, and you know what? There's obviously a lot that goes into that, right? Because there's a lot of, I can be a self-proclaimed victim by you, by saying something like that. And people are like, Oh yeah, it's a really busy business. I mean, I'm sure there are 30 colleagues that when she says that to at every study club or every event, They're like, oh yeah, we totally get us too. It is, you're right. And they totally um, back her up with that belief system. And then having you come along be like, well, let's look at that. Yes. It's a bit of a roadblock and makes her stop and think. And I think, go ahead.
1: Well, and I just want to point out that the reason her and those 30 other dentists are thinking that is because just mixed together the human brain Mm -hmm. and how the human brain wants to act for evolutionary purposes right, and just mix it with a little bit of dentistry in private practice. And it's a dangerous combination unless you're aware of what's happening.
0: Yeah. You know, that's why I think it's so great that you're doing this because as we talked about at the top of the show here, you have an industry that has a disease like, okay, let's put it in there in their terminology talk about a lot of corrosive Things going on, cavities that are happening inside the industry themselves. And we're not willing to take the time to brush and floss them out because we're too busy or quote, overwhelmed, right? And so we just let it go and we act as if it's all going to turn out okay. I always tell the story about my dad with my teeth. I had a supernumerary and really jacked up teeth. And, you know, my mom said that he once said, oh, he'll just grow into his teeth, right? Like as if that happens. And so, we i think sometimes in this industry are thinking oh it'll just it it'll, if we don't really put any attention on it, it'll it'll go away which never happens mm-hmm.
1: in anything in life yes and if we're having those unpleasant feelings our tendency in our hedonistic society is to run away from that pain mm-hmm. towards something distracting whether it's food or alcohol or drugs or Netflix or shopping, whatever it is, we're never finishing the feeling because we've run away from it. And so it's always just waiting for us.
0: Yeah. My good friend, Amy always says a frustration never addressed, never gets better. Correct. Like it can never, and it usually gets bigger. It just sits there waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. So what is your kind of, Hope and by the way, do you run into other um, dentists? I have, for example, I I, um, interviewed a lady who does kind of not really life coaching, more uh, equine therapy with Mm -hmm. horses. And she brings horses out to offices or the offices come out to her and they work with the horses and stuff like that. So I'm fascinated by all this stuff. Have you run into any other people who are kind of, who are trying to help change the mindset like you are as well in this industry?
1: There are a few, mm-hmm. I can think of six or seven, and okay. we need more. Yeah. We need more people, more dentists, who will get the training and help because every dentist really needs a coach.
0: Yeah, they do, right?
1: If somebody has to show them what their what their limiting beliefs are because it's really hard to see on your own.
0: Let me ask you this, Lar, because I, I run across this, I actually just ran across this recently, Why is it that when people, and I know this, I think I know the answer, but I'd love to get your take on this is when people are actually confronted with the truth and finally have to see the truth, because I believe that either we make a decision or we are compelled to make the decision one way or the other in life. Like we see something's happening. All right, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna fix that before I'm compelled to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Why is it that when people do see that They chose the latter. They chose to be compelled more than they do to choose to actually make the change. Once they know it's like they're aware of it, there are plenty of people who are aware. Yep, I need to be more focused on myself. Yep, I need to uh, dedicate time like you're talking about with the last person that we were talking about. Uh, I need to have more self-care. I need to reevaluate the way that I'm seeing the thing or speaking about the thing and look at the truth behind it. And even then some people will run away from it. Why is that you think?
1: It's kind of like when I say to my patients, you know, if you would floss, you wouldn't, your gums wouldn't bleed and that would be so good for your whole body. And they'll go, yeah, I know I need to floss. Like that's actually not a very motivating thought. Right. That doesn't generate change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if somebody says, I know I need to take better care of myself, I already know it's not going to happen. Mm. You have to start with what you believe, okay, about yourself and what's good, and so you have to go farther back, farther back in up into your brain. So I don't know if that's a very good answer, but well, make change if you just say you need to.
0: Well, yeah, it's like uh, you know that the fruit doesn't become taste good or taste bad based upon the tree, it becomes based upon the roots and more so what you're feeding the roots, right? So you have to go back to that. You can't just say, I want to staple an orange onto an apple tree because I want an orange. You have to get the right tree, feed it the right nutrients.
1: Yeah.
0: And so it comes down with yourself. If
1: your employee a to-do list, but she's feeling unappreciated, she ain't going to do that to-do list. She's going to keep on, right? And it's the same thing with us. We can't just give ourselves a to-do list. We have to change how we're feeling if we're going to change what we're doing. So
0: where do you see um, with, I think there's a lot of change happening in in the industries. There's a lot of more um, open-mindedness to this, as I would say, like even Mm -hmm. with you saying there's only a handful of people who are doing this, but, and we need more, but if we were to have this conversation or we probably wouldn't have this conversation five, six years ago, where there was maybe one or nobody talking about this because it was woo woo, because it was a soft skill, if you will, which I hate that word because it's a soft skill, but it gives you hard results. Right? So mm-hmm. why are we poo pooing it that way? So where do you see this going?
1: Life coaching in general.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in general and in, especially in dentistry.
1: Well, life coaching is exploding as an industry. Sure. So hopefully it will explode in dentistry as well. And yeah, uh, every dentist, we've talked about this. If you own a practice or if you're not a dentist, you know, maybe you're a podiatrist or an optometrist or whatever, it's the same. You yeah. are the technician and the owner, and you have to get your brain together in order to get the best result.
0: And it's so much, it's so opening, freeing for you to, when you decide to do it in the sense of, yes, the work is a little bit more challenging at at first, because you might have to shift a few things. And by the way, I always say, when you do make a major shift, whether it be in your leadership skills, your personal skills, you will have those crabs in the buckets trying to pull you down, right? You will have people who will come to you and be like, oh, no, 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 no. we like you this way. We're used to you this way. So go back to that. You know, don't listen to that. That's crazy. That's not necessary. Oh, come on. Just put your nose to the grindstone and get through it. Right. Um, So just be aware of that. Anybody who's listening, that's what's going to happen. But I think that the important part is to look at this and see that with transformation, even though it's a little bit challenging, it's a little bit of hard work at the beginning to get a lifetime of great results.
1: Yes. And not just in your practice.
0: Yeah, no, totally.
1: Everything gets better and more intentional once you understand how everything fits together.
0: Oh, I think that's that's a really big key is understanding that, yes, you work with female dentists who own their own practice, but you're working with females who are living a life who just happen to be dentists and happen to own a practice. Correct. I mean, that's when we start with the human side of everything, the at the core that I believe that every single person on the planet wants three things, that you see them, that you hear them and what they say matters. When we get to seeing ourselves, hearing ourselves and realizing what we want, like you did in that epiphany, that aha moment of, I am seeing myself and what matters to me. And that's more important. And when you really connect with that, uh, again, uh, just a great example that you are of- Okay. I, I've, even though friends, family, favorite grandma says, no, I have to be true to me because it's your life. You're living not hers or theirs or anyone else's it's your life.
1: Yeah. And your listeners, they each have all these choices to make about their humanity, their relationships, their practice. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you have all these listeners who are wanting to take better care of themselves. I think it's magical.
0: Thank you. And that's the key, right? Is that, and that's our goal here is to really help people. When I talk about the best practices, I'm not talking about necessarily how you can attract more clients or how you can collect insurance better. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm talking about you and the best practices because it all starts with you as a person. And thank you so much for being a part of the show and sharing this with us. I don't know. I mean, I, I wrote notes as you saw when, and, and, and the video part of it, I I didn't tell you this at the beginning of the show, but often I'm like, hey, if I'm looking down, I'm not texting. I'm literally writing notes as we're talking. So thank you for giving me things to think about and for everybody on the show to think about. We've come to a part of our show where we ask six rapid fire questions. It's just off the top of your head what you know you're thinking. Are you ready to play?
1: I am ready. All right.
0: All right. Deep breaths. Okay. So number one, what is the most expensive thing? that you believe private practice, sorry, private practice owners are missing in their practice.
1: And this is going to be a little confusing because I'm not talking about life coaching, but I believe that we all need a business coach. Yeah. We need someone who can show us what we can't see. So I'm talking about spreadsheets, numbers, you know, key performance indicators, things like that. We practitioners did not learn that in school. They need a business coach.
0: Well, one of the questions we used to ask on this one is, what's the one thing you wish they would have taught you back in graduate school? Mm -hmm. And the number one answer always came up of how to run a business, how to run a business, how to run a business. What's a book that you believe every private practice owner should be reading?
1: Primal Leadership by Daniel Goleman.
0: Uh, great book. Yes, that's very good. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Well, speaking of books, in my book, The Practice Rx, I talk about and focus on team culture and team performance as the foundation for business bro- growth. Mm-hmm. When you're talking with your clients, female practice owners, what do you see as their biggest challenge that they are facing with their teams and their office culture?
1: They are so consumed by the, being the technician that they don't take the time to talk to their employees and be good leaders.
0: Love that they're so consumed of technician. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say they're focused on the tech. Uh, they're focused on being the technician and not the visionary, and right. so they can lead. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Uh, before we go into the last two questions, the fourth question is: How do people get a hold of you? Because listen, I think that if you're listening to the show right now, and anything whatsoever kind of sparked an interest in, in you about Dr. Laura and what she's doing you should reach out, just have a phone call, have a, have a conversation, see if this is the right thing for you, but how can they do that?
1: You can just go to my website. It's the life coach for busy dentists.com.
0: Wow. Again, right on the nose. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> the life coach. For, I, oh, like I, was, obvious. <laughs> I was talking to doc, Dr. Mock earlier and I'm like, so you're like, you know, getting what you want in life at mock speed, right? Or something like this mock speed coaching, you know? <laughs> but that's me. I'm goofy and geeky that way. Uh, awesome. So say that again so that we can make sure everybody gets it.
1: The life coach for busy dentists.com.
0: Now I hope you wrote it down everybody. All right. Very good. It'll also be in the show notes. That's great. Um, are you on any type of uh, social media?
1: Yes. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. And can all they
0: find that through Dr. Laura mock search?
1: Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Very good. Okay. What's your best advice that you've received on life or business?
1: Um, do you know Dr. Christopher Phelps? No. So he's a dentist who is really into marketing. And I really appreciated his book about how to grow your membership plan, grow your practice through a membership plan. Oh,
0: nice. I love And he's
1: very creative with his marketing too. So that's a nice place to start if you're trying to grow your practice. Look up his book. Dr. Christopher Phelps.
0: I will do that. Awesome. Love it. That's great. I love membership plans. I think more and more people should be looking at that and using those in their industry for sure. I actually have one that I teach my clients around orthodontics because unlike in dentistry, you don't necessarily, you're not guaranteed to have the brother and the sister of the kid you just did their races. You yeah. In dentistry, typically you're getting a whole family if you go to them. So, um, okay. So then- Last question, then let's do the advice. What advice would you give?
1: The most expensive, most valuable thing that you have is your brain. All the information, all the um, anticipation for or the motivation to take action, it all starts up here. So invest in your knowledge and your understanding.
0: Awesome. That is great. Well, What a great way to leave this episode with just really understanding that it's all up there. And uh, I think sometimes you, it's so beneficial to have somebody who can help you unlock all of that that's up there that you might have stored away or that you might have put away or you've let other voices push down or silence instead of your own voice. Those, all those, I know, I know I got little voices in my head and a lot of people have little voices in their head. I, you know, they're, some of them sound like my mom, some of them sound like my grandma, some of them, I like, they're all over. And yeah. so we need someone else sometimes to help us understand that that's not our voice and it's not necessarily true. Thank you so much, Dr. Mock, for spending this time with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on here. And I, now I get to know you. I'm excited about that.
0: Yes, that's great. I love always making new connections. It's one of my favorite things about the show. Yeah. I have 100 new friends at this point because of the show. So I'm excited about that. Everyone, thank you so much for, again, tuning into this episode of the Propreneur Podcast. And I really do hope that you take some of this advice and ideas around looking into those belief systems you have that might not necessarily be true and that are stopping you from getting everything you want in life. As you know, and our, our goal here on our show is always to help you be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life. Everyone, have a great day, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for your support. We'll see you on the next episode.